We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. First and foremost, uh, you know him as Ritholtzman. I know him as Benji. Benji Ritholtz. Benji, how are you, man? Doing great. Just got back from my own little vacation. Um, and we're uh, back at it. So great to be with you both. Very excited. Excellent. Love it. Was it what type of vacation? By the water? Yeah, just a couple of days on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, we got away. It was nice. Left the kids and my parents. Can't ask for anything more. It was great. Refreshed. Yeah. I bet to go. And uh, as someone who is also not a father and <laughs> probably does not know the feeling of leaving their children with other people. Oh, it's devastating. We don't have them. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's yeah, very, we, miss, we miss them dearly. A hundred percent. With me, of course, as well is uh, Andrew Claudio. Hello, sir. How are you? Hi, Jeremy. What up, Benji? Um, Jeremy, you're like a couple of days away from your va- own little vacation. Um, and you also don't have to leave. You, you will also be leaving any kids behind. Uh, for your trip. So look yeah. at us going on vacation without kids. It's a blast, isn't it? It really is. You know, the plants can survive for a little bit and then uh, <laughs> then they'll be fine. Are you, uh, is that you? You're a, you're a planter? I try to be. I mean, uh-huh. that one that you can see is like definitely on the way out. Yeah, it's not looking stores. great. It's not. It's a little, it's a little sad. Started <laughs> with a little too much sun, and a little too much water and you know, that's why I, I got a ZZ plant as well. Can't kill those. It's impossible. 
great, thrives in low light. Kind of like me and maybe you too, Benji, <laughs> considering our complexion and our, <laughs> our hair. And speaking of hair, if you're watching this on Friday and then you're watching Monday's episode, you'll notice that Andrew and I have developed this incredible gift. Mm-hmm. And that is that we can grow our hair out and then grow it back in and then grow it back out again. So really it's mystical stuff, but we found a way to do it. It's pretty cool. The perks that come from 10,000 subscribers. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yep. that's what that's what happened here. Perfect. In the meantime, though, we're here to talk about some basketball. Benji, do you have? Well, you have kids, so that's what you take. Uh, there's no time for plants. <laughs> there's, there's no, no time. time. <laughs> no, no, oh, man. I'm just trying to keep my kids alive. <laughs> plants will be dead within days. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Honestly, yeah, legit yeah. spit take, Benji. That's me on guard. <laughs> People will see that on the YouTube that I legit just spit up my Red Bull. That was that caught me very much off guard. Anyway, Jeremy, we are already off the rails. So I'm leaving it to you to steer the ship today. Absolutely. So we've got something fun planned. Well, we really want to take a number of different questions that we've each come up with. And essentially, they range from Knicks to basketball to some maybe even non-basketball questions. And we're going to... None of us has seen the questions that the other people have. And we're going to ask it. And we're going to see what the responses are. So fun little off-season content that we got going here. Very Very much a shoot the shade. But with some organized chaos as far as coming up with questions that we've always wanted to ask just us three. Like we're the we're the supporting cast. If you want to call John the the Jeter of it all, we're the rest of the core four with Chris being like Bernie Williams in this scenario. Um, Wouldn't but, he be more Robinson Cano? Oh, the, the younger, he's younger. Okay. Maybe. Right. I mean, but I was I going the for the Bernie core. Part. You see yeah. what I was saying? The core four. Four, though, four plus. You know? Yeah. Like, okay. maybe, maybe he's a rod in this case. No, although no, nah, no, that wouldn't be I, fair to I, him. All I know is both comparisons have been uh, performance-enhancing drug users. That's all Listen, I know. So I don't know what you're trying to say about Chris, but yes, Chris, <laughs> you, you tell give us, us your pee, have, buddy. We, we gotta have, know. We have our suspicions, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, so who wants to go first? Why don't you go first? Just because I know you have more questions. Yes. than I do. So <laughs> I will start with two for Benji because they are a settle of a debate that I need you to do between Jeremy and I. Um, the first was Gosh. during one of the playbacks this year. Um, I think it was during the finals. We argued about the merits of defensive players in the NBA. Um, I was, I'm a big Draymond fan. I think what he does cerebrally on the basketball court, if that's a word, um, I just think he's like the smartest defensive player that I've seen. He's always in specific spots and whether a player scores on him or not, it's usually not an easy basket. Um, and Jeremy was arguing the merits of you can't pass him the ball on offense. He's a liability. And like, don't make, don't let me make, let me misrepresent you. But it was like, say it like that. <laughs> listen, I would argue that if anything. But the point was like, if we were going through the list of players you would draft in the Celtics Warriors series, and like, would you take Marcus Smart or Draymond? And I was like, Marcus Smart's overrated. And one Jeremy was like, he's a defensive player of the year. And I was like, half the country voted for Trump. Voting doesn't matter. And it was one of those types of things where it was like, it's also like that puts me on like, right. I know I was putting you in the corner and no one puts Jeremy in a corner. The point is as somebody who studies film as closely as you do, I feel like there's no real, and like 
Correct me, guys, if there's an analytic that's figured this out, but there's no real stat to tell you who's a good defender and who isn't. There are ones that have tried, but the the eye test really is what matters the most when it comes to determining defense. So, Benji, if you'd like to weigh in on the how good is Draymond, how bad is Marcus Smart debate, and who do you consider some of the better defensive players in the NBA? Hmm. Wow. Thanks for putting me on the spot right off the bat here. You're welcome. This question specifically signed for up me. For. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that offensive play is more valuable in a vacuum than defensive play, or I guess the skill set is more valuable because it's rarer and harder to find and is less attributable to things like effort, which is a skill, but is one that I think more guys can kind of reach towards and find. So I think when you're comparing like a purely defensive player to a purely offensive player, I think you always want to skew to the offensive skill set. Um, it's also more easily taught defense. Um, but that said, a guy like Draymond is so instinctual, as you mentioned, Andrew, and he's so special on that end of the floor that he does provide tremendous value. Um, but you look at, I think a good example I like to talk about is Matisse Stiebel, who is probably the best perimeter defensive player in basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, certainly as a wing defender, uh, he, he leads the league in deflections almost every single, and, and you watch him and I mean, the eye test confirms everything that you see in the statistics defensively and the metrics defensively, like he's very, very special. And yet he struggles to find the floor. Um, in playoff scenarios and because he is so tremendously limited offensively. And I think that tells you a lot. There are guys obviously that are really good offensive players and get hunted on defense who also struggle to get big minutes. But I think there's a, it's anyone who's as elite as Thibault is on defense. If they were that elite on offense, they'd, they'd get minutes in, in, in the playoffs, no matter what their defensive level was. Um, so I think that he's kind of an illustrative example of the, of the difference between offensive and defensive talent and what they mean in the highest kind of the highest stakes settings. Draymond is interesting because while he is certainly a liability offensively, he has found through chemistry with one of the greatest players of all time, uh, he is able to lift that team in a way that most guys who have his offensive limitations could not. And he's almost an individual case study. He's so it's hard to compare him and contrast him to other players because he's only played for this team with this guy and they've developed a beautiful chemistry. It's what would it look like on another team? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to even say, um, and you look up a guy like Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart has developed into a good enough offensive player. He makes enough shots. He's a pretty decent distributor, although a flawed one. Like he was the point guard on a team that just made the finals. And he it's not like you can't just like let Marcus Smart shoot anymore. Like those days are over where he's a respectable enough shooter and a smart enough playmaker that even with a couple of head scratching decisions, he'll make a game with the ball. Um he gives you enough on offense where the phenomenal defense that he provides uh, makes him a no brainer to be on the floor, basically at all, at all times. Um, so it's kind of a spectrum. I don't know if I, if I really answered your question, it, you, it depends on the player, but Draymond is so unique 
that it's it's almost out of the it's almost like you have to analyze him separately from everybody else but generally speaking you have to reach a certain floor of offensive um capability to make yourself into a rotation solid rotation guy on a great team robertson's another example in oklahoma city who was surrounded by some of the best talent of all time and like it was a problem for them at times that he could not do anything on the offensive side of the ball. Is that where Frank finds his role if he stays with Dallas? Yeah, he so develop Frank's, similar Frank's, chemistry with Luca. Frank's a great example. I mean, he'll never he'll, he because he, he plays. He's a wing. He's not a big like Draymond. He's not going to be setting screens or stuff like like. It's different, but Frank's another yeah. example. Yes, where, David like, Fisdale. He's a small forward. So sure, yeah. I don't ask. <laughs> I don't ask David Fisdale. <laughs> I don't ask him much of anything. Uh huh. Um, Frank's another example though. We're like, yeah, if that, if, if Frank could become truly a solid offensive player who didn't really struggle to make plays off the dribble and like always had, even if the shot has come a pretty long way, it's still not really reliable. That's an easy rotation player. And he's not, and he's been in two places now. Like he, he, he filled in for Dallas admirably kind of situationally. And we always knew he could do that. Like, and he does a lot of really good things, but He's just, it's going to be hard for him to find a real like role on a great team unless the offense really kind of takes a step up. Okay. Jeremy, yeah. are you, are you okay with that, that rebuttal to our debate there? I am because I also, listen, I, when I said it originally, it wasn't slandering Draymond. It was just believing that as Benji's saying, mm-hmm. the offensive part of it is so crucial. Like if we, if we kind of want to tie it to where the Knicks are, obviously the Knicks are not in that stratosphere of talent. But what I love about what the Knicks do is for essentially, I mean, really the guard spots, but yeah, maybe a little bit more small forward, at least that might be moving forward. Like There is a strong focus on pull-up shooting, mm-hmm. catch and shoot. Like They don't want players who are potential liabilities and can't create for themselves. Like Frank, obviously he can spot up really nicely, but that was his role. And the Knicks like players who can do more than kind of, I don't want to say plug and play because like Grimes is a plug and play guy. And he also had the ability in college to pull up. It's just more. If you look at the offensive ratings of the teams that have won and the defensive ratings of the teams that have won, the teams traditionally have had higher offensive ratings than defense ratings. So it's like, to me, you know, defense wins championships. Sure. But at the same time, offense is arguably better. You just can't be bad on the defensive end. And you could deal with the same problem. On the other hand, it's just, yes, as Benji's saying, having Steph Curry really helps you out of a lot of jams sort of thing where Draymond, I'm sure would say you could put him anywhere and he'll be great. And maybe that's the case for some teams, but you need the right fit around him. And with someone like Marcus smart, I don't, think it's nearly as severe limitation wise. I think you mm-hmm. can make him much more adaptable than than if Draymond is being featured in your offense as good of a playmaker and passer as he is. Yeah, I think I uh I have a blind spot when it comes to I think I value defense a little more than I probably should. I grew up watching basketball in a time where 80 points won games. A lot. So the Ben Wallace's of the world, the like those Knicks teams in the late 90s were, I mean, uh, some bully ball as well. But like I valued the staying in front of your man, the playing defense with your feet. And I maintain that while Chauncey Billups won the 
uh, finals MVP in 04, the, you go back and watch those games, being able to put Ben Wallace on Shaq and it not completely, not completely mess up your defensive strategy was such a key tool for me that while Shaq like went off in game four, the rest of the series, he was kind of, I don't want to say neutralized, but you didn't have to double him. And that's the first time I ever saw a team as with the Lakers, not double Shaq in a playoff series. And I think that's just something I value a lot is the guys that still play that style of defense while recognizing, and it leads into a question I've got for later, the offensive side of the ball has probably become a lot more valuable as guys have become more skilled offensively. Um, The only other question I have for you, Benji, that I guess, Jeremy, you could answer this too. Um, A player that you realized through film study was either better than you thought they were, or it was worse than you thought they were. And it was just the, the film breakdowns that revealed that to you. Hmm. You know, that's a great question. Um, someone that's kind of near and, and uh, dear to recent Knicks history is Brunson. Mm-hmm who um, I kind of knew that he was really good and I had watched enough Mavericks games to know that he was good. Um, And obviously watched the playoffs where he was spectacular. Um, But I also was kind of, when I went into kind of the deep dive into Brunson, my thought was, all right, he cooked the jazz. We know he cooked the jazz. We also know the jazz play a very specific uh, type of defense and have very specific defensive personnel that were kind of perfect for Brunson to deal with. And he torched them because of it. And I was like, how much does this translate? I know the numbers are really good, but I kind of want to watch. And you come away realizing that there is a special talent and skill level that he has breaking guys down off the dribble that you have to kind of watch a ton of him to kind of understand and, and the variety with which he attacks the the vast amount of moves that he that he has uh that he can go to at any time both directions um i came away with like a greater appreciation of who this guy was and it made me extremely excited to watch him this coming year because uh there's a craft that you just have to appreciate like how much work he put into and and like making dudes look silly with just like he's just got an unbelievable arsenal of things that he can go to. So I'm, that's a guy that just like kind of deep diving into his game. uh, I came away with a greater appreciation for what he does. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, you can either answer the question or say good answer, Benji and ask your first question. Uh, I'll say Caruso just because, you know, he started Uh, out more as, as a meme. Like, Hey, look at this guy. It's hilarious. And you watch him play and he's just relentless. Mm-hmm. He's really fun to watch. Um, yeah. Let I, me say, I, let I me like say him. one, let me say one non Knicks edition too. Uh, Cause I watched so much Brunson film. I actually tweeted about this. So he's obviously running a ton of pick and rolls with Dwight Powell, who I know Mavs fans, like he gets, he's kind of like the guy that takes a lot of crap because he's a little bit one dimensional. He can't shoot, can't space. And like the, the Mavs are undoubtedly at their very best when they can play Kleber at the five and space out around Luca. It's pretty much unstoppable offensively, but you watch enough Dwight Powell. And especially when you're a Knicks fan and you've watched Mitchell Robinson screening a hundred times a game for however long, 
that guy is such a smart and good screener and just understands angles and makes nice plays off the catch. And like, what a solid big, probably best as a backup big maybe. And I understand why him as the starting five can be frustrating, but like you just watch enough pick and rolls. And I watched a gazillion of them and it's like, Oh, this guy just gets it. He understands how to free up a guy. He understands how to rescreen. He understands how to seal um, all the kind of the little things, the, the screening craft that unfortunately our center does not yet possess. Um, you see in, in spades in, in Dwight Powell's, that's another guy. There was, it's funny you mentioned that though, because today NBA University, which is a great account, but they had screen assists per 75 possessions mm-hmm. and Powell ranks um, like it's a little over six, I think he does. And then you look at Mitch and it's around four. And on the right side though, you've got Hartenstein who's around five, but the assists that he provides um, in addition to that, just Passing the passing ball. wise, right? Yeah. Like it's so it makes up for it in more ways than one. Yeah, uh, that 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 stat is interesting because obviously, if you play with Luca and Brunson and you're screening for those guys, as opposed to like last year's Kemba, RJ, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, it's, and the spacing kind of situation, like obvi- like I think like screen assist is just measuring. It's not like potential, like it's measuring the amount of buckets yeah. that were scored. So obviously, a lot goes to the ball handlers too there, but I think it's nonetheless very true just based on watching that Powell is eons above Mitch as a screener and kind of figuring out how to free up his his cards we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Uh, give me, we'll start with you, Benji. Give me your dream closing lineup for the Knicks this season with the players currently on the roster. Mm. Closing lineup. Dream, closing right? Lineup. So the, yes. we're, the reality doesn't have to matter? Does not have to matter. Okay. <laughs> and it's, is it about like winning maximum amount of games? Is it about the team's future? Is it about like what, okay. what joy of watching? What's the score? I'm leave it up to you. <laughs> There's so many ways Let's to say go it's with a, this. It's a tightly contested game. Oh man. And you have to put five players. You're trying to win. Let's say you're trying to trying win. Trying to win. Okay. Yes. Oh. Okay. I, I think a theme's going to come up here. Go ahead, Benji. Oh man. Wasn't this, that theme wasn't necessarily what I was going for, but I understand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Brunson <laughs> might be the only one I'm sure of. Oh, RJ Brunson and RJ, I'm sure of. I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> why do you hate RJ? Barrett? No, yeah. RJ, <laughs> literally, after that, I could go in a whole lot of different ways here. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, 
I'm dreaming. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to dream that Julius Randle turns into not two years ago, Julius Randle, because I don't want him to play that way. I, it turns into the version of Julius Randle that I dream of, which is a guy who um, makes more shots, but makes quick decisions, screens, rolls, um, uses his passing ability. Um, if that player exists and I dream that he exists and I want, if I'm trying to win the game, he's, he's my four. So he's in there. Um, and now between Mitch and Hartenstein. Mm. No, just very quickly. Interesting that your dream involves Randall the four, maybe not more of a small ball five, get no. RJ at the four. Yeah. I don't believe that that defense is good. I want to see that lineup, sure. whether it's Obi or Randall at the five in spurts. I don't want it closing a game. I don't believe in the defense that that, that unit would provide enough. So that's why I'm saying in the four. And I do want either Hartenstein or Mitch. It, it's probably matchup dependent with those two guys. Mm-hmm. They bring very different skill sets. Kind of depends on the opposing center. How are they playing it? Um, There's no easy answer. Just given how yeah. all these teams are in the situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great question though. Uh, I would say I'll put Mitch in there because I think he'll provide no matter the matchup, the, the athleticism, the athleticism, the rebounding, the defense that I that I want from, and, and especially in in a tip system that I need from my five. And now it's between to me, it's between Grimes and IQ because I don't want Fournier in there with Brunson to close a game. <laughs> I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Grimes. I'm going to go with Grimes to to shore up the perimeter defense to allow. Uh, to guard the best perimeter offensive player and allow RJ to play help side, which is his best role on defense uh, to hide Brunson on the worst offensive wing. Um, I like that defensive lineup a little bit more than IQ just because of the size and the strength that Grimes can bring on the perimeter. So that's what I'm going with Brunson Grimes, RJ dream Randall and Mitch (laughs) dream Randall. I love that. Um, Same lineup as Benji, um, but Swap Randall for Obi. Ah, yeah. I'm a I'm a believer in the last uh, eleven games. I just oh, I flat out am. I love Obi Toppin. Don't make this into me not loving. Obi oh no, no. I, you 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 I, prefaced it with if, the dream version of Randall. Yeah, I think that because that version of Randall's so good. He's mm-hmm. so good if he exists. He's such a talented dude. My lineup has a little more spacing. Is what I'm going for at least, and especially I, I'm talking about last eleven games. Obi Toppin, that's not, true. The dream not Obi. first seventy one. Yeah, dream, dream Obi's making forty percent. Forty four. Yeah, the four, last 44. last uh, last and on high volume. This the the I'm, I'm, listen the forty five point game or the forty two point game and the thirty five point game. I don't think Obi Toppin is going to be taking fourteen and nine threes a game. Uh, in an ideal role, but I am believing in the fact that the shot's there. And if I have Mitch on the floor, I don't want Randall next to him because then that's 40% of my starting five. And so let's see if RJ gets that number up again, mm. that or my closing five that can't make a three. And if you open the lanes up a bit and let, give Obi the chance to cut a little more, um, you can have... RJ have open lanes to the rim. You could have, um, I'd even consider Hartenstein, not Hartenstein, uh, instead of Mitch, but I think some rim protection would be ideal in this situation. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go 
OB instead of Randall. Again, dream situation. Not going to happen, but um, dream situation. So you see OB cutting more than he did last year, even though Tibbs is still doing the same system? Uh, it's more. I think the opportunities to cut will be more oppor- more opportunistic because he'll have a point guard that might look for him more. Um, I think if he plays with Hartenstein, you'll see yeah. more cutting. So maybe Hartenstein would be the five I go in with. Once that ball gets entered to the elbow, they clear the baseline and you can do all sorts of things down there. And I would hope Obi would take it. I think Obi would take He's a good cutter when he has a chance. There's nowhere to go right now. <laughs> yeah, um, isn't, that, isn't that where Hartenstein got into most of his trouble though with turnovers in that type of situation? Yeah. Yeah. I just think the benefits outweigh the risks. I, I think, yeah. yeah, he's, he's, he's a high risk passer, but, um, and, and I just can't wait for the first crazy pass that he throws at Tibbs. Tibbs reaction is going to be priceless, <laughs> but, um, but overall, I, I think it's a, a value add. And I feel like God, RJ could take such advantage. He doesn't get to cut much. Um, even like playing a little high, low where he can go to Hardenstein on the elbows and, Guys can duck in for like quick post ups. Even Brunson, God, if he has a small point card on him, he's such a good post player. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I hope they, I hope that they institute some Tibbs, Joakim Noah flashback offenses where they where they play through the elbows when Hartenstein's in the game, and they can give a little bit of a different look, which I think is much needed. I think their offense gets so predictable. Um, they run the same stuff down the stretch every single game. Uh, and if to add a little bit of like an elbow hub is like, it's something that you haven't shown. Um, it'd be really cool. I'm a little, I'm not surprised. Well, I just want to say, I understand obviously why you might not pair the two of them, but there was no thought given by either of you to one Derek Rose, which I find <sighs> interesting because if Derek Rose is healthy, isn't there a compelling argument that he should be closing? Well, What's the lineup though? To me, it would have to well, be over Brunson. That's I, the thing. It's sure, over Jalen yes, Brunson. I understand what, the reason why with pairing them, it might not be the easiest situation. Yeah. But it's not like they couldn't play off each other. I, again, then you look at the defensive side and the drop off that might exist there. But it was more just as I'm listening, like, man, not even. It's a I great get why point. Brunson's there, but not even a thought with D Rose. It's a great point. And as good as Rose is, is, I think in. I think he's, I think he's higher up on like, if you just have to win a game in five minutes, I think Rose is higher up on like the point guards in the league list than people would would think like he's in a short burst and like, uh, he's so good still. Um, But I think Jalen Brunson's at this stage is better. I just, I think, I think he's better. Also, are, are those the only five minutes he has to play? Because then I know I don't. I'm not overusing him by just playing those five minutes down the stretch. <laughs> so it's just but finishing games. Yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that I think is my hesitation for Derrick Rose. We saw what high vol- high volume minutes Derrick Rose looked like two years ago, and he closed pretty much every fourth quarter for the Knicks, and it was great. And then it ran out of gas the following season when they tried doing the exact same thing, and he, you know, had the injuries come up. I think the ideal role for him is that late first quarter, most of the second quarter spark plug. And it's a 20 to 22 minute player that is giving you max uh, value during those 22 minutes. Brunson being a a point guard worth a damn as a partner to him. Um, And this is not disrespectful to Manuel quickly. I'm just more of disrespect to Kemba and Alfred Payton that you won't need as many 38-minute Derrick Rose performance or even 30-minute Derrick Rose performances because you have Jalen Brunson. Yeah, that's fair. So, What's yours, Jeremy? I'm going to go with uh, Benji's dream lineup 
but I'm going to swap out IQ for Grimes. I hear it. I just I totally think the, the wingspan that you have there, I, I understand that Grimes might be a better point of attack defender, but just to me, I trust IQ more down the stretch than I do Quentin Grimes at this point in time. Uh, Grant, I understand it's all dream. Like if we're talking about, hey, Julius Randle being the dream version that we see of him, so why can't Quentin Grimes be the dream version that we might see of him? I, I get that, but there's something about quickly in a closing lineup that we've seen so many times. Like he just, he has it. You just mm-hmm. know when you see him that he has that, he has the stuff. He's another and, shot creator on the floor too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I like it. I think the, the matchups are also going to matter, matchup you know? Yeah. Sure. So I think, I, I think quickly would be my next man up if that was the consideration you know like i i'm subbing in quickly before i sub in julius randall is is gonna be my take on that you know it's fair yeah i thought i I, one thing i thought about that i ended up opting away from but i and and it's because of the roster construction and the way tibbs thinks i don't think we'll see a lot of this lineup but something like um brunson quickly grimes rj at the four yeah uh, that that could be a powerhouse offensive lineup, I think, and and might be able to do just enough scrambling on defense with Mitch on the back line to to hold up. Um, and RJ might have some really favorable matchups if you do it that way. I, I I really like that lineup if they can get to it. I don't know about to close, but if they can get to it at all. Problem is, we're all crying for Obi to play more. So even if, if Obi's splitting minutes with Randall, like you're, they're they're going to have a four on the floor basically at all times. It just mm-hmm. is what it is. It has to be an injury. That's the reason why RJ would play more or foul trouble. That's, you know, so by the way, yeah. And by the way, I should, and and with that lineup, honestly, even better than quickly in that lineup might be like an actualized cam reddish to bring a lot of size. Um, So you could have Brunson Grimes, RJ cam Mitch. Now you got real size at the wings to protect a little bit for the fact that you downsized. Um, If cam can provide enough shooting and space, like that's, Really interesting. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. And I know Dang. he's not on the team right now, but cut to all of this being moot because the four ending the game is Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that look is on your face is how I feel. But uh-huh. again, I'm at the point where... It's my, my nightmare closing lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not your dream. Yeah, it's not my dream. Um, Alfred, pa- Alfred Payton, bad Julius Randle, uh, Evan Fournier... This is my nightmare. Uh, Nerlens Noel backing it up, and thirty-eight-year-old Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yes, thirty-nine-year-old Carmelo Anthony at this point. Okay, even I, the mellow stand of the pod, would be upset by that lineup. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a certain confidence that comes with being properly groomed. There's an aura, a vibe you can just tell by the way someone carries themselves. We call this BGE, Big Groomed Energy. And you know the only way to get that BGE? Manscaped. Introducing the best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is already the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FILMSCHOOL. 
Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Inside this Platinum Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag to hold your goods while traveling. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof so you can shave with less mess. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Don't forget to apply their aluminum-free Ultra Premium Deodorant for that cologne-quality scent on the go. But it's not just your pits that stink, your balls can stink too! Thankfully, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve this problem for you. And once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. The Platinum Package 4.0 covers all bases from trimming to showering to leaving the gym smelling nice. This is the best bang for your buck. Don't hesitate. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FILMSCHOOL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FILMSCHOOL. Unlock your big groomed energy with Manscaped. And remember, when you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. Benji, your first question. All right, we're going to change direction a little bit. Change okay. uh, the, the vibe here. So if you could adopt a rule, a gameplay rule from any other sport and plug it into NBA basketball, what would it be? Benji, this is the greatest question you've ever one. asked. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> so this is any like, other are we rule. talking any sport or, or are we talking the three other major U.S.? Ah, any sport. Any, any sport. sport. Okay. Where were you going with that? Are you going to cricket to get a, get a <laughs> rule? Like soccer? <laughs> Soccer's not considered one. Oh, okay. Of the, uh, I see what you're yeah. saying. Okay. Like you've so, got yellow cards. I mean, you sort of have that with techs and yeah, with player, player ones and twos. Yeah. yeah. Um, two techs. Yeah. Wow. If, you, if you guys need time to think, I can pitch one. I have a couple in pitch. mind. Yeah. Pitch a, pitch a couple. All right. So my, my first, and this is a corner I've been on for a long time, is I've gone to soccer. No more timeouts. Get rid of Ooh, timeouts. There are too many. Yeah. Okay. Get rid of them. No, no. I don't need any. You just, Soccer, right. they get out there and they play and the coach coaches from the sideline and that's it. And to me, one of the strangest things about basketball, this idea, and I think it's the only sport in which this is a thing where you could be in trouble. You're trapped in the corner. That means the defense executed and the offense did not execute. And you get a get out of jail free card. You get to call it because the coach goes like this and everyone just leaves the floor and you get to start over again. <laughs> like the actual Boy. parallel, it, it is insane. Mm -hmm. The only, And everyone has to stop. Now, it could have been a fast break dunk, which would have been exciting. They could have made an amazing escape, which would have been exciting. No, no, no. We're going to call a timeout so the coach can talk to the players. That is insane. That is insane. 
and it's only in basketball. And you think about it, like try to try to draw a parallel to football. Can you imagine a defensive lineman is rushing a quarterback? He's about to get him. <laughs> quarterback just calls time now. <laughs> Timeout. There's literally the, the parallel. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It is insane. So that is my first, my first proposal. Get rid of timeouts. Certainly live ball timeouts, which is the worst. They, they, don't, they should not exist. It's insane. Okay. I, I like it, Benji. You one. mentioned the, the speed of a soccer game. is. I'm not as big into soccer. There's just it's not enough scoring for me, but the speed of a soccer game. I'm there the to action's the there for 45 minutes, then extra time, and then you take a break. Yep. You know, it's why I understand the hype around it. You know, um, my first one will be from soccer. I don't know if this is too much of an institutional change, but I'm I'm for relegation to eliminate tanking. Um, if it would even help eliminate tanking, so that way you have to you're only in a certain portion of the league that allows you to compete. You know, and then you have to get out of that portion if you fall if you lose too many games. I love relegation. I did say gameplay, so this is a bit so outside. I'll of think that. of a. I'll yeah. think of but a gameplay one, but I, I am pro. I relegation. agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. The relegation is the the best the best way to handle tanking. It's just never going to happen, just based on the the business of the NBA. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I if you're in the lottery, you need to have two years of not in the lottery before you can actually play for a title. I don't know how you would police it, to be honest, but yep. that would be a start to it. Um, all right, I'll keep trying to think of a gameplay one. Jeremy, do you have one? I'm still thinking of a gameplay one, but I. Well, similar to what you said, Andrew, I'll do one more, which is I feel like I actually enjoy the fact that the Premier League doesn't have playoffs. You know, they have other trophies. There's UEFA and and Champions League and Championship League and all that. Uh, The idea of creating not a midseason tournament, but one that actually makes the regular season more competitive. Yeah. That would be how you solve a lot of your resting players because you want to save them for later. And, you know, obviously the, the, the way that the basketball is set up, the title is going to be the most important thing. But if there's some way where you can incentivize the competition so that it's not like, oh, yeah, that team's running away with just home court advantage. And you look at the Suns and it's like, did it matter? No, you were obliterated in game seven by the maps. <laughs> so it, it's important, of course, but it'd be kind of fun to see. Like, if you want to make basketball more competitive, maybe you don't penalize teams, incentivize them in some way. But I, I know that's not gameplay. So I will also try to think of something. But that is amen to everything you just said. I couldn't agree more with any of that. I'll say a second gameplay one that we can move on that I thought of. Uh- now this one's going to take a little more creativity and I I haven't worked out all the kinks yet. The timeout one is like an obvious one that's pretty easy to institute. This one's a little harder, but if, if similarly for game flow reasons, I would love to see fouls punished by a power play. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so you, foul, you foul how many yeah. times? You foul I don't. So yeah, I haven't worked out the details. <laughs> you, you <laughs> fell. You get the hell off the floor, and they play five on four until. Oh, it, I love it! Wow. <laughs> now there's such cool strategic things about this. Like you have to yeah. play five on four. You got to zone up. You got to figure out how you're guarding. You got to, and then trying to score five on four is super fun. Like you can just double their best players straight up, and mm-hmm. they got to figure it out. Um, I don't know when it would end or how long it would last. I haven't worked all that out. Um, 
but you could even like a take foul would be like a five minute major. Like you just got to sit for five minutes. So they get, that's one way to get rid of take fouls. Like uh-huh. it's, maybe it's like a shooting foul. You got to take it's three and a half minutes uh, on the ground foul is two minutes. I don't know how it would work. You could still keep your foul out rules if you want. Although I think maybe you wouldn't even need them anymore because it's so much more penal to foul. Um, and it would also kind of get rid of the hack a shack crap because again, you got to sit out for two minutes. It's not just like some bad frowns. Foul shooters got to go to the line mm-hmm. and you get rid of the, the stoppages because, or at least somewhat, I mean, you just got to inbound the ball right after instead of stopping to shoot two free throws and all that. So I don't Do- know. It's a, it's a, it's a thought. You've inspired me on something, but Andrew, I'll let you go first. Do you like the scoring that they do in the all-star game where it's like you, you play yeah, three the quarters, Elon theory, the Elon theory. Elon do you ending. like that? Uh, I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool. And I, I, th- I heard it proposed that if they do this midseason tournament, they might do an Elon ending. I think that's great. I okay. think that's interesting. It, it, it's, it's not, it, it's just a different, it's, it's just kind of eliminating the clock. And I yeah. think that's cool. Like, I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought about it a lot when it first was introduced and whether they could actually make it something sustainable. The problem is you'd have that one game where a team's just stuck with two points left and we're the fourth quarter's 90 minutes long. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'd enjoy it. Whether the players would enjoy it is a different story. I have an in-game rule change, but I, I'll let Jeremy go. All right, I'll do mine. Benji, you've inspired me with that mindset. So to go to hockey, I would love to see if it gets to an overtime game in basketball, 3v3 overtime. Oh, hell yes. You don't have to worry. Full court? Full court. 100% full court. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Give me that. You give your three best players on the floor. There's plenty of space. The, The amount of cutting that you could do, just... Insane. Um, Making sure say, someone's back on defense. You got to make mm-hmm. sure someone circles back. Yep. Yeah. I was about to say that's yeah. where Obi comes in because he's just running up and down <laughs> yeah. the court. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, the transition <laughs> offense yeah. that you would have would be so much fun. Uh, the Kings might actually be one of the best teams in basketball if they had to do it that way. Just mm-hmm. get to overtime and then De'Aaron Fox and anyone else who's on the team. I mean, uh, Sabonis would be tra- probably trailing. Although if you saw, <laughs> if you saw recently, Jakobitis and Sabonis <laughs> playing, there was a nice transition play. Jakobitis uh, fed Sabonis and they got the dunks. So yeah, I'm going to go with three V three. I thought it was fantastic in the Olympics. Really want to see more of it. And the big three is, you know, like I don't watch it, but the concept is really cool. Have it with players who are the best in the world. Love it. So my last suggestion is not from another sport, but it he said it jokingly because the game was a blowout. But in game six of the 08 finals, Lakers Celtics and the Celtics are up by like 40 points the entire fourth quarter. Jeff Van Gundy joking around said, I propose a rule change. If at any point in a game, someone hits a half court shot, tie game. <laughs> And he just said, imagine like this entire fourth quarter was Lakers players just chucking balls up from half court and how much fun that could be. Imagine like you're down 15 late in the third, late in the fourth. And you're like, all right, folks, we're just going to start chucking half court shots. And you just have guys coming up from the foul line on the other side of the court, taking threes. I think the entertainment value could be fun. Plus with the way guys have included, have included the, or at least expanded the range in their jumpers, then Steph becomes even more valuable. Um, I think it could at least be a fun wrinkle of a rule change. So let me ask you though, 
let's say in that case, the Lakers hit a half court shot and mm-hmm. tie it. The Celtics then penalized because they got buckets the hard way mm-hmm. and the Lakers didn't. So is there so you a have way to start guarding the, half court shot? But is the way for the Celtics to then get back so that they don't have to keep like going for twos and threes. Do they get to go for 40 points? Is there no. another amount? It would so, eliminate 40 point games is my point. The blowouts wouldn't happen because of like the thunder or the Spurs this year are just like down by 20 at the end of the first. Think about that. End of the they first would just quarter. Be launching down, half court threes. The entire think how game. fun that would be for three quarters. <laughs> half court shot. I, just Adam Silver <laughs> would just be beside himself at the idea. It's an idea the, that yeah. would last two weeks and then they'd be like uh, two so weeks. The, so the Houston Rockets took 75 <laughs> half court shots. I think you're slightly well, overrating it, how entertaining it is to watch you. half court shots. <laughs> That's all I'm going for. <laughs> Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.